This is the Rugby Odds, where an unlikely pundit panel of a wordsmith, a WWE legend, a rugby star, and a supermodel scour the globe, seeking best bets and bad behavior. Are you not entertained? Thank you, thank you, thank you. I know, I get it, I get it. And it's been two weeks since you've been able to applaud yours truly, but uh, we don't have time for this because if you look at the sponsor Opportunity Green Room, you'll see WWE Hall of Famer John Bradshaw Layfield and King Gift A. Bailu, the inventor of words, prepping diligently. And well, they should because if you look at the your company name here, Slate, you'll see that we have a whole lot to cover, including George Hook. That's right, George Hook weighing in on Johnny Sexton and Owen Farrell. We got a lot, so let's get to it. Let's bring in John and Gift. Guys, 18 and 12, and we haven't been able to talk about it because third take. we were on vacation <laughs> for two weeks. And John, I understand you trying to derail this right away. No, I'm not. No, 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 no. This is the third time we've started this show because you take off to go on vacation, you come back worse. That's how we thought that was impossible. <laughs> All right. You know what? You can take your shots. Obviously, you haven't grown. You haven't evolved during the two weeks that we've had off. At least you've got a, a, a almost clean shirt with a collar on this week. Almost. Whereas Gift is on his vacation john's got a shovel that's where he buries yep. his victims in the yard you, you call it a vacation this is just my life don't get mad because we got cool things where we're at gift you are in brazil where in brazil are you i'm back at back in curitiba brazil all right right now we're at an opera house you know why because he is a refined legend that's what refined legends do straight from the mouth of the champ I think it's because it started to rain and that was the only place that was open. All right. Again, we have to do the nasty business of picking the wooden spoon for the person that didn't have the best record on the week. Uh, but again, you know, still pretty good. But see how you come come back from vacation and you just bring negativity. All right. We're all here relaxed. The champ is relaxed. And you're just bringing in negativity once again. Because we have George Hook waiting to come on this show. Don't you call him George. You call him Mr. Hook. Let's just get down to business, okay? The wooden spoon, John. You get the wooden spoon. I'm going to give you the wooden shovel. How about that? Right upside your bald head. How about that? Dong. It was a dong like that. Yeah. I don't know if it was dong. I don't know. But I, well, you, well, you know a thing or two about dongs. The segue from that remark will be to the walk of shame. And Gift, you and John have bonded. You're on the internet together. I don't know if you're ready to hear this, Gift. This is pretty bad. Is this just jealousy? Are you trying to project jealousy? John, you know exactly what I'm talking about here. You've, you've been you've been a good son. You, you're down in Texas taking care of mom. That's all good. And people might be stunned that you're still alive because you did walk into various churches at different times and you are still standing. You didn't get struck by lightning. You didn't disintegrate instantly. But you did do something, John. You did do something that's just so walk of shame-ish. I don't know what you're talking about. You placed bets on your phone while you were in church. That technically could be true. Technically. But the games were about to start. And I did win money. Is this now a thing where you only will bet in a church? If I win, yes. Yeah. Sounds like the champ is trying to get tithe for the Lord. All right? He says, I'm going to get my earnings and be able to pay my 10% in the same place. That's right. As soon as I get it, right there, bam, pay it. So Tithe. it's all about tithing. Yes, 100%. 
let's stop the shenanigans, okay? John, again, congratulations on the walk of shame and the wooden spoon. Congratulations. How about two fingers right there for you, huh? Real mature. But before we do anything else, we have to take a quick break, and then we're going to bring in Mr. Hook. Don't go away. Need a great price on a new vehicle? Sheehy makes it easy. Easy Price shows you our lowest prices on the Mid-Atlantic's largest selection. Find your best price online or at any of our 31 dealerships. It's easy at Sheehy. Sheehy.com. You need your cleats? You need them tomorrow? If you order today by 3 p.m. New York time or noon L.A. time, they can have them to you tomorrow. Young, old, male, female, if you're playing on turf, if you're playing on grass, if you're playing in the rain, you're playing in the heat, they've got you covered. RugbyNow.com. Go there now. And we are back, and we are back with Mr. George Hook, the legend that is George Hook. And if you don't know who he is, you don't know a thing about rugby, nor do you know anything about life, so Google him. George, how are you? Hey, I'm very well. I mean, you sort of say legend as if it means something in europe legend actually means you're dead so uh, thank you for that compliment you look good for a dead guy i got i gotta give you that so what am i doing on this program is that a philosophical question that's the question we all have george we have no idea what we're doing either no idea whatsoever. I just know when we got on the call, you who've done more media than all of us combined was being produced by Matt McCarthy. The arrogance of that man to get you on the show and say, oh, George, by the way, like you need help. Yeah, the only McCarthy I previously knew was in about 1953 uh, when, uh, you know, he locked up most of the great stars in Hollywood for supposed communist infiltration. <laughs> McCarthy follows in that long tradition of American McCarthy's. First off, Grandpa Eugene was right on the money when he locked up all those commie pinkos, number one. Number two, George... We're here to talk to you a little wait, bit. Wait, wait a minute. Why the familiarity? This man is this man is one of the, an icon. It's Mr. Hook the you bat. What the heck's wrong with you? I'm going to mute your mic in 30 seconds. You just watch your step, okay? Watch your step. Stand down, Layfield. Let's go. Mr. Hook, uh, yeah. you know a little bit about rugby, specifically on that side of the pond. Oh, we have a walking shot now with gift. Look, whenever you're an international person like me, we don't stay in one place too long. All right, you're we actually just on a treadmill, sure aren't people- <laughs> you? The CGI in the background. Yeah, yeah. Matt, how many times has Mr. Hook asked you to start the show? Would you start the show, please, and ask him a question? George, tell us what you think about the Johnny Sexton situation ahead of the Rugby World Cup. Okay, well. Um, there's actually more than Johnny Saxton because never it, the World Cup first started in 1987 in Australia, New Zealand. Never in any World Cup have perhaps three of the best fly halves in the world perhaps not been available. Now, I use the word perhaps in the case of France, it is certain. Emile Intermac. A cruciate ligament injury is out of the World Cup. That completely changes the odds on France, completely. There's a question of Sexton, who could only have got the softest sentence, not in the history of rugby, but in the history of jurisprudence. This guy (laughs) is the guy who goes on the pitch, questions 
uh, the birthplace and birthright of the referees, questioning whether the <laughs> parents were married before they were born, who in the 36-page report, and never has there been a 36-page report, the overseeing referee, Tony Spreadbury of England, said Sexton sprayed him. Now, he didn't actually explain what spraying him meant, but I suspect that if a guy is questioning your legality of birth, is calling you names that are only used by soldiers in battle, then spraying him, I suspect, meant that there was a lot of spittle flying around. It is incomprehensible to me that Sexton has been allowed play in the World Cup. And the experts who are going to look at the betting odds, for instance, or whatever, it's changed dramatically. Ireland without Sexton may be, remember he hasn't played a game for six months. He hasn't played a game for six months. And Interbank not playing at all. I tell you, they're rubbing their hands down in Auckland. They might even in Auckland go out and buy a beer, which is against their natural <laughs> But they might actually do it. Okay, but George, you talk about the the lack of jurisprudence with Sexton, per se, but what about Owen Farrell and no ban? Can I uh, quote, or at least paraphrase, the great American president, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, August the 15th, 2023, a day which will live in infamy. Make no mistake about it. This is catastrophic. For the game of rugby. We have seen in the in the slap on the wrist of Sexton for abusing officials. We've now seen a serial offender put an opponent into a state of semi-consciousness and get off scot-free. We have to look at our disciplinary panels. What was the makeup of this panel? Three Australians, no less. Two players, no less. Is that the right balance? Farrell is represented by a senior a king's council who reputedly pulls rabbit out of a hat in court cases at irregular intervals in London. They're suggesting that another English player was in the mix and that somehow uh, this changed the dynamics of a tackle. I talked today to one of the most distinguished international referees of my generation, and he just said, utter rubbish. Uh, what about parents and grandparents who are already concerned about the dangers of the game with head injuries and resultant traumatic brain injury? World rugby, we don't give a hoot. And that's a real concern. And most incredibly, we saw a new system in place in that England-Wales game called the bunker. So we didn't see the usual thing where the referee spent an enormous amount of time looking at replays. He just handed off a yellow card. And then a guy in a bunker somewhere is looking at videos, can take his time and make a considered yeah. decision. He upgraded it to a red card. People are going to say, well, why am I doing this job? I'm just going to be overruled. This is 
rugby on the edge of the abyss. We're trying to indoctrinate fans to the game of rugby over here in the United States, and everybody talks about the BS about the sleeping giant, how they want it to awaken. They don't, and you're not going to awaken it by blatantly disregarding laws that are what are seemingly in place with all the technology that you just spoke of. When when I was playing, you know, my competitive rugby, and you were playing your competitive rugby, we could get away with stuff. There wasn't fifteen thousand cameras and a review, and a person specifically assigned with the task of reviewing what happened on the field. As you said, taking their time in a bunker, reviewing it, not wanting to overturn a referee certainly on the field, but then overturning the referee on the field, knowing the impact, and yet still. World rugby ignores it. It's I don't know what to say. It's 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 really mind numbing. John, how does this news impact how you're going to look at the Rugby World Cup from a, from a, from a gambling standpoint? Well, what I'm interested for Mr. Hook is uh, where do you put the rankings now? You had England ranked in the top five. I'm not sure that England was in the top five of the Six Nations during the Six Nations, and yet they're ranked number five. Where do you put it now? I don't know. Understand why Ireland before this was not ranked ahead of France. They beat France. They beat New Zealand. I understand New Zealand's a different team now, but where would you rank the top five? Well, interestingly, again, had England lost to Wales as opposed to getting a fluky win, they would have ranked 10th. They would have ranked below Argentina. That's where England stand. Ireland are not the best team in the world. They never were, never should be, never will be. Oh, this man. Is, oh, man. This is, now, hold on. We have the smallest rugby population in the world. But Tommy Kiernan, sadly no longer with us and now playing rugby in the great heavenly pitch, masterminded Ireland's movement to professionalism. And we are the best organized professional country in the world. Unlike, say, Wales, who are in utter disarray, England not far behind them, and so on. So we are rated much better than we actually are. We are hugely dependent on a 38-year-old fly half with injury problems. History plays a part in betting. Since 1987, Ireland have never gone further than the quarterfinal. Never! So for, for people to be talking about Ireland winning the World Rugby World Cup is horse manure. Now, France, without Entimac, is another ball of ice. So who now are the new favourites? If I was putting my last few euro of my old age pension on the team to win the World Cup, I'd back New Zealand. But George, Ireland has performed on the pitch to earn the high ranking. And I get it that Sexton, there's nobody behind him. It's like, you know, the New York Jets over here with Aaron Rodgers now stepping in to be the savior. And I get it when you're now saying, speaking historically, Ireland has never gotten beyond the quarterfinal. That's a reality. They got to keep Sexton healthy and every team and every player on every pitch that plays against them is going to want to knock him out. Absolutely. But but the interesting thing is that the heir apparent, um, young Byrne, suddenly isn't the heir apparent anymore. Last week, we see a guy called Jack Crowley comes in to fly half, and suddenly the media said, oh, this guy is great. 
Where has he been for the last 12 months? I mean, this is like Broadway. You know, you're a hoofer and overnight you're a star. This guy was a hoofer six months ago. And now he's a star. I don't buy it. I finally figured out what Matt is. He's a hoofer. He's just a hoofer. That's all he is. I never knew exactly what he was. I know now for sure he, he's a hoofer. I will definitely hit you with a folding chair the next time we see each other. Gift, you got anything for Mr. Hook? Yeah. So what do you think is going to be the the factor that prevents uh, South Africa from being able to repeat again? Uh, do you think that they're lacking that strength in the front row? Or do you think that New Zealand has leveled up so much over the course of the last two years that they will actually finish strong? Unlike 2019. I first saw South Africa in 1951. That is 72 years ago. And it was the first rugby international I had ever seen. Despite all the changes in, in rugby union over that 70-year period, if we could get a video of the South African team in 1951, and superimposing on the video of South African team of 2023, there wouldn't be much difference. When South Africa bought in the equal opportunity for black players to South Africa's everlasting credit, they have managed to merge those two communities to form an outstanding team. Are they going to win it? I don't think so. I think it's the boring old guys from the Southern Hemisphere in the black jerseys. As a fella famously said once, you know, New Zealand is just one boring island in the South Pacific. In fact, it isn't. It's two boring islands. In the South <laughs> One final request of your, to your two experts. My old age pension uh, every Friday comes to about $300 US, all right? <laughs> so I'm prepared to invest one week of my old age pension based on your expert's opinion on who's going to win this thing. Oh, and boy. There'll be no dinner for a week, but I'm prepared to commit it. To your experts. Oh, then we're definitely putting <laughs> this on John's shoulders. Mr. Hook, it's great to see you. It's so much fun to have you on the show. And you. God bless you. Such a pleasure to have you. And Matt is an absolute hoofer. Uh, he uh, he is. I figured out what he is. You didn't figure out anything. He told you. <laughs> well, okay. Sometimes you need to know what to name it to be able to identify it correctly. So, Matt, Hoofer, McCarthy, oh. we got you. Thank you, Mr. Hook. Bandwagon at Bay, Lou. All right, we'll be right back after this. Thanks to Mr. Hook. If you're in New York City and want to watch some great rugby, have some great food, and some great times, go to the world's best rugby pub, The Pig & Whistle, on West 36th Street. City, 
becomes America's longest running and most popular rugby show. The biggest names in Major League Rugby, MLR highlights, and big match previews. Rugby Wrap-Up presents MLR Weekly, made in New York City. We're back, and what a treat that was having Mr. Hook in, and you're a hooper. (laughs) (laughs) Hooper, hooper. Following up on our theme previously of picking uh, the World Cup pool odds, Pool C, and it's Australia, minus 275, Wales, plus 240, and Wales could be the dark horse under Warren Gatlin, Fiji, plus 1,200, Georgia, plus 6,600 gift, and Portugal, plus 50,000. John, what sticks out to you here? I think you're right about Wells. Uh, Warren Gatlin is going to turn that around. I still think Eddie Jones is going to turn around, but he has not done it yet. I think Warren is whoever gets them first has a good chance of winning that. And I'm not betting minus 275 on somebody to get out when there's certainly you got a team that could beat them in Wells because Australia has not shown that they can beat anybody yet. They will, and I think they'll be okay, but they have not yet. Because they have Eddie Jones. They will be okay because they have Eddie Jones. You are correct. Oh, Gift? You want to piggyback that? Pool C is probably one of the worst pools probably have and to watch. I don't think anybody in there, regardless of when they get into the knockout phase, uh, are they are they going to come out of that first round? You're right. Eddie Jones has not been very um, impressive these Whoa. last few weeks, and Whoa. even this lineup. Hey, look, you know, you know, unlike you, whenever I uh, need to be critical. I'm willing to be critical, all right? I don't have to stick to my guns with it. Or act like a hypocrite, you know, England, yeah. But with Eddie Jones, he's prepping a lineup for the Lions and for 2027. So that doesn't give him a whole lot of faith in what Australia is going to be able to do. And then with Wales, while I do believe that uh, uh, Gatland will be able to lead this team, the situation in Wales and their professionalism just keeps getting worse and worse. Went one and one versus England. Yeah, versus England. Who was like fifth in the Six Nations? Because Eddie Jones destroyed them. Because England destroyed itself. England is always destroying itself, all right? When's the last time they won a Rugby World Cup? It's been 20 years. And Wales is going to continue to follow in that path where they're going to play good in the group, but they're going to get their butts kicked when it comes to the knockout stage. The USA got beat by Portugal, right? And Portugal's minus 50,000. One of the worst pulls there is. I am not going to dignify that with a response. If you want to be some commie pinko, you go right ahead. But you find a different show. I mean, a commie pinko. I want America to win. But they're going, I think, the wrong direction. I like Wales out of this. Warren Gatland has got this team, as he said, nobody is in better physical condition. And then they only lost by two points at Twickenham to an English team that had to win, a must-win, torture for England fans. Well, they're in for a lot more torture, and England and torture has a history. And what's up with you and England and torture and Megan and Marco and all this stuff? What what is what is the what is your problem, Mister New Jersey? Well, you mentioned Jersey, so that allows us to segue right to the top fourteen, which basically took an hour off before they start bashing these players against each other again. I'm going with Bayonne, not New Jersey, and they're playing Toulouse and Toulouse on the road. And they're without 10 players to lose. John, is this something that you like in the top 14? 
I tell you something I don't like is the top 14 is playing. You do a massive disservice to fans. People pay good money. They come out with their kids. You want to grow the game, and you're putting out this <laughs> product because half your team is in the World Cup. You owe your fans more than this. You cannot disrespect your fans. I think this is a disrespect to the top 14 fans. That being said, Ronald Garrett is going down uh, face Montpelier. They're deeper. He's a better coach. Go with uh, Ronald Garrett. You're taking the road dog. In Montpellier. Yes, I am. Oh, you look at you. A point and a half against Montpellier or however you say it. Yes. Well, however you want to butcher the team, you're not picking them, so it doesn't matter. But they are they are at home, and they are missing players too, but not nearly as many as O'Gara's La Rochelle. Gift? Like the most ironic thing for a country that just had a whole protest about unions and overworking literally have the most overworked rugby players in the world. Whoever we pick here doesn't even matter. This is the worst achievement. Hey, Rock from 92, you get it. Does it matter that the Beagles are going to be missing six people? No. Seal, Seal Khaleesi from South Africa? Man, I hope you're watching it because they're about to put you to work. Bam! Gift is on the move again. I think he's dodging the authorities at this point, Gift. What the Sam Hill is going on down there? Are you Jack Ryan or Jack Bauer <laughs> of Brazil? If he's Jack Ryan, then Matt, you're Jack ass. <laughs> that's funny that's funny i get it when you're at the top everybody wants to take pot shots gonna keep picking winners that's all i'm gonna do and john let's see if you can live up to that standard who do you like in the nrl sharks against the cowboys sharks have won nine of the last ten i don't think that changes sometimes a team just has another team's number they got the other team's number give me the sharks gift what are you looking at i remember about three years ago whenever the eels had one of the best dance viral videos in rugby but they have not shown that level of performance when it comes to their play. They've lost three of the last four. They're going up against the Roosters. Roosters are coming in dominant, winning three of the last four for themselves. And uh, look, man, Roosters coming in at minus three and a half. I'm expecting the Roosters to go ahead and just clean house on this. The Eels are not slithering away from those plucky little cocks. <laughs> we can leave that. We can leave that. We're all picking road favorites in the NRL. I'm going with the Rabbit Toes, not the Camel Toes, John, as you like to refer to them. Rabbits on the road, something you don't like to see, except when it's rugby league, and Russell Crowe needs his team to win desperately, so he's going to go in there and probably give some impassioned speech to get them to beat the Red Hot Knights. The Rabbit Toes on the road are going to win this one. Upon my command, unleash hell. That's what Russell Crowe is going to say the Camel Toes this time. That segues, not really, but because we're out of time, we have to go to our picks of the week. Gift, who's your pick of the week? Mr. Hook challenged us 300 of his pension to be able to tell him who we think the Rugby World Cup winners are going to be. I'm going to be supporting France to be able to take it, at least for this week. Uh, for this week, John, who do you like? New Zealand has come along so well. I'm going with New Zealand to win the World Cup. My picks of the week, Claremont on the road versus Oyenil. And then down to the NRL, the not very manly Sea Eagles are going down to New Zealand to play the league's only New Zealand-based team, the Warriors. And the Warriors are going to absolutely annihilate them. So, you know, King A. Bailu looks like the leader of the free world with the sun behind him <laughs> like that in the castle. This is like a movie set. Gift, you have a plug. Y'all need to go ahead and get your health-enhanced food. you got any kind of issues or you want to be gluten-free where you still want to be able to have your bread, definitely go check us out. Healthenhancedfoods.com. You guys, it's going to be worth it, every little bit of it. John, do you have a plug? Pat Militech. He is on Stories with Briscoe and Bradshaw this week. MMA legend, training legend. 
Gerald Briscoe and I do this podcast, Stories with Briscoe and Bradshaw. Got all kinds of sporting legends, MMA legends, you name it, wrestling legends. We get on there telling some great stories and having a good time. And I'm plugging the Pig and Whistle on West 36th Street in New York City. Great place. Any Rugby World Cup match you want to watch, they'll have it. Go there. Rugby, 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 the world's best rugby pub. And also look for our new MLR Weekly show this week and our college rugby wrap-up show back up with the college draft, the MLR draft. On that note, I want to thank Mr. John, Brad, Shaw, Layfield, the WWE legend, King Gift A. Bailu, the czar of Brazil, and Mr. George Hook, who graced us with his presence. And thank you for tuning in. Please check out our other shows, the aforementioned MLR Weekly and College Rugby Wrap-Up. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Please sign up for our weekly newsletter. And please, please, please join our American Red Cross blood donor team.